The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Thursday edition of the Leach Report. And coming up today, we'll chat with Mike Pratt, get his thoughts on the struggles for the Kentucky basketball team here in these past few days. Coach Steve Ortmeyer joins us on Thursdays. Uh, we missed him last week because of the holiday. Same with uh, with Mike. And then Josh Kendall from The Athletic, who will uh, who covers South Carolina football. So we'll get a bit of a scouting report on the Gamecocks ahead of the Saturday night game for the uh, final home game of the season for the Wildcats. Let's get right into the Wildcat news of the day. Uh, the U.K. women uh, will play at Kansas State tonight in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And it'll be the debut of Ryan Howard, Player of the Year candidate from Kentucky, who had to sit out the first two games um, for a uh, suspension. So she is back tonight for the Wildcats, who've gotten off to uh, a nice start. Uh, Yesterday was uh, an interview day for UK defense, and uh, Brandon Eccles, senior, will be playing his final home game on Saturday night. One of the guys that talked, and he said he wants to play in a bowl game. So it sounds like from the, the last two days, days, what we've heard from some of the players anyway, is that they're very much uh, interested in playing a bowl game. Mark Stoops had said earlier this week that after uh, Saturday, uh, he'd need to and to see what the, the temperature was, so to speak, of the team in terms of uh, wanting to continue. Given, you know, I think normally that would even be an, an issue that they would uh, definitely uh, do it, but given that you've had the uh, the extra mental strain of the coronavirus situation, I think uh, you'll have uh, a lot of coaches looking at uh, kind of making sure their guys are still interested in doing this for a few more weeks. And it sounds like the Kentucky guys are, which I'm glad to hear. Hopefully, they'll uh, uh, you know could end up being a, a fun matchup somewhere. Um, we'll see how it plays out. A lot of projections for the Music City Bowl in Nashville. I think there's some thought uh, from stories I've read that um, leagues and the bowls will work together to try to make it the best situation as far as travel. So not to send teams on long trips. And in this case, something you could drive to in, in Nashville for the Music City Bowl. College basketball yesterday. Nice matchup in the Jimmy V Classic between Gonzaga and West Virginia. West Virginia was a replacement for Tennessee, which had to drop out because of a pause from the COVID-19. Gonzaga won the game 87-82. to Future Kentucky opponent Texas beat North Carolina 69-67. to And a previous Kentucky opponent, Moorhead State, fell to Ohio State 77-44. to Eagles hung in well through the first half, but then the Buckeyes opened it up in the second half. Big news out of the NBA, John Wall being traded to the Houston Rockets for Russell Westbrook. And that means John Wall is going to be reunited with DeMarcus Cousins in Houston since uh, Cuz signed a contract with the Rockets recently. And Anthony Davis and the Lakers are reportedly gr- agreeing on a uh, new uh, mega five-year deal for AD for the national or for the uh, NBA champion Lakers. 
Uh, UK commit Jagger Burton named to the All America Bowl. Got his jersey this week. One of the top 100 players in the country is uh, what that signifies. And uh, happy for the uh, future Wildcat there. Bad news yesterday for a former Wildcat. Bud Dupree uh, suffered, they believe, a torn ACL in the Steelers win over the Ravens on Wednesday afternoon football. A uh, couple of uh, notes from listeners that came in yesterday. Didn't get to these uh, during the show from Scott. Said he would have uh, said, I would honestly prefer a wide open three by Jackson. Says he can make them over anything else they were getting in the half court when Sar was out. Remember Cal said after the game that uh, he uh, asked Jackson why he shot that three late in the game. And he said, Jackson said, because he was open. And Cal said, well, there's a reason you were open. Scott, in his note here, frustrated with uh, what he's seeing from other players. I can certainly understand that frustration. Doesn't mean that Jackson's shot was a good one. It was it was a just as bad a choice as some of the others, unfortunately. And that's what, uh, what's they, what they have to learn, um, some shot selection issues for uh, the uh, very young Kentucky team. And from Kevin and Amy, not sure which sent this, uh, on the email, leachreportedgmail.com. Uh, our guest Kyle Tucker mentioned yesterday, Kyle's teams at this time of year are not a finished product. They say, uh, and the writer says, Cal plays so many young people that even at season's end, they're not the finished product. Well, there's some truth to that in that, you know, you look at a guy like, you know, Bam Adebayo and how much better he's gotten as uh, he's played, you know, he's gotten, he's gotten beyond his one college season. But the teams are indeed a much more finished product by the end of the season. And uh, you, you look at uh, almost every one of his teams are much better at the end of the year. I have no doubt that this one will be as well. It's just a matter of how much better do they get enough better to be all that they want to be, which is a national championship contender. Links to the stories that we talk about, well, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're coming to you from the Clark's Puppet Shop studio on the Leach Report. Mike Pratt will join us next on the show. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. It's the Leach Report for Thursday, quarter past the top of the hour as we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Bring on Mike Pratt to talk a little Kentucky basketball. First, let me ask you about uh, our uh, setup for our remote studio the other night, uh, you and I were working from uh, a um, setup that uh, our friend uh, Greg Gorham over at UK Video uh, set up for us. I thought it worked really well. Uh, how how was it for you? It was uh, it was very good, Tom. Um, I, we kept our distancing. We had our mask on. We had our guy Jimmy Barnard making sure we we got up on the airwaves right. So yeah. it all went well. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it would be much harder to do it if we were like two states apart or something. I think yeah, where you have... can actually feel some energy about the game with your partner and you know your partner. I think it works out best. I was I was pleased. Yeah, you have some nonverbal communication you can have. Whereas yeah, some of those guys I know in football they'd have uh, or you know in baseball one play-by-play guy would be in one city, the analyst would be in another city, and producer in another city, and um, yeah, it's. 
one of many crazy things that uh, have have come up here this year. But uh, having some of what they call an effects feed, so you heard the sounds from the arena, um, I think helped a lot to make it uh, feel like a a more normal situation. And I didn't uh, feel like I uh, was missing much, a lot from being in the arena when there's no people there. But uh, you know the energy that's there in a building. Um, and, and you know you miss some things there when they're the referees signaling a foul. I'm trying to see who it's on. Uh, you can see and, and you can you know watch things going on. You know from the from the coach's perspective or how they're talking to somebody on the sidelines. And uh, I think there was one time when there's a technical called and they, the camera took a shot of the player, and so we assumed it was on the player. Turned out it was on Bill Self. So you you see those things more in the arena when you're there. But also just you know you miss the energy of all the people. But there weren't any people there, so there was no energy to miss in that case. Well, to your point, I, I think they missed the boat up there by not pumping in some kind of uh, fan, you know, fan music, something that would give you the idea there's some people there. I mean, it was really, really quiet throughout that game. Uh, I think that uh, if you pump in some fan noise, uh, you're going to be better off. I think the players will be better off. Let's talk a little bit about uh, basketball. And this is a a Kentucky team that is really struggling offensively right now. They've got some defensive issues, too, and containing dribblers, but their length helps them offset some of those. You know, it's kind of like having a you know great center fielder in baseball that can you know run down the pitcher's mistakes or something. So length helps them overcome some some defensive mistakes, and so that'll get better. You know, with they'll become even better defenders over time and and enhance the value of their length. But on the offensive end, um, how do they get going? Well, I think some of those offensive woes when they hit affects their defense, Tom. I, I really do. I think uh, they they get down. Um, they get to thinking about uh, missing a shot instead of thinking about making a shot, and it could even cloud their judgment. I mean, they get into a funk, I guess, I, I, I think. And they play good defense to a point, and, boy, when that offense goes south on them uh, at, a, at a big time in a ball game uh, or in the second half, it looks like their defense also struggles. You know, So one drags the other down to some degree. Um, how you come out of a slump, well, you shoot yourself out by taking more shots and more shots and more shots. You know the coaches are going to be positive behind them to try to reinforce uh, a positive attitude about your shot. You can't will it in. You can't guide it in. You can't shoot that scared stick we used to call it. You've got to step in and believe you make it and then shoot it. Now, um, uh, to, to your point about what else you can do, I think the players have to take this on themselves uh, to change the way they look at the offense. Listen to Calipari and his staff as far as um, not going, not breaking down or breaking out of the offense. I, I think they need to be more committed to doing what Calipari wants them to do on offense instead of going native from time to time, Force, forcing shots, forcing drives. Let the game come to you. Talking with Mike Pratt on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We'll be right back. It is the Leach Report Radio Network. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. It's 23 past the top of the hour on this Thursday edition of the Leach Report. 
Mike Pratt's weekly segments presented by Boone's Butcher Shop in Barstown. Check them out at boonesbutchershop.com. Uh, Kentucky's been struggling at the point, uh, Mike, with uh, point guards having his, uh, more assists than, than turnovers. Um, Davian Mintz has been effective at times more so off the ball because he's uh, been their best three-point shooter uh, to this point. Um, do you think there is does Cal just have to to ride it out with uh, one of those two guys or the combination of, of Askew and Mintz, or could he use somebody else to, if not be the point guard, to start the offense in half court? Uh, do you think he's looking at other options? I think he probably is looking just in case things don't work out, and you could maybe use somebody um, else, uh, one of the wings, uh, Clark or Boston. You could do that. Uh, you see that in the NBA. A lot of times a big guy will start the offense. It depends on the kind of pressure defense the opponent is bringing. But, look, um, Askew is, should be a high school senior. It's been slow, obviously, for him to pick up the difference in the high school, AAU, and in college. And, and Mintz, uh, you know, at times he looks very good at the point and, Looks very good at the two, but he uh, Cal hasn't been able to get the two of them, even though he's played them working together. And I think a lot of it is with with Askew. He he wants to go east and west. He's either got to turn the corner, beat his man on the dribble, go north and south, or give it up, as Calipari says, and cut through and let the offense start that way. One of two things. He spends a lot of time going east and west. Um and I don't know why, but it seems that way to me, where I'd rather see him either go north and south or, or give it up and move away. The ball will come back to you. If we make if Kentucky makes extra passes and swings the ball, the ball will come back. These are very you know, talented uh, young players, you know, whether it's Devin or uh, B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark. And so um, you have to think that they'll figure it out sooner rather than, than later, but you know, it's a uh, it's a lot coming at them once they get into these games and realize, wow, there's this is quite a quite a change from what I where I used to play. Yeah, um, in high school or AU ball, they could beat anybody they wanted basically at any time, and they could uh, be successful with that. But now you're playing against guys who are more of the five guys. There's more big guys. There's more quick guys. More fast guys than they had been used to facing. So you have to adjust your game. And then you have to figure out, out of the offense, where does Calipari and his staff want me to shoot the ball? Okay, and when? You don't want a quick shot, first part of the shot clock. You know that, unless you get a transition opportunity. Uh, so you've got to figure, you've got to plug all that into what you're thinking and put the old you, the high school you, the AAU you out of the deal. You got to think about about what's happening within the offense and within the team. And, and another thing I think is how can I make my teammates better? Think about that first. Your offense will come, but think about how can I make is, is rebounding, is defense, uh, is making one more pass going to make everybody better? You have to trust that the ball is going to come back to you. We've talked about this before. Some guys get it early. Some guys don't get it early. Uh, the other part of that offense, Tom, I think is, is, is getting out in transition. You got to drive the ball, fill the lanes. Um, we saw Toppin the other night get some, get a basket because he was out on the wing in transition. And, uh, I asked you where Mitch delivered the ball. So all those things got to come into play. And, and I guess the best way to describe it, 
is you have to have a an adjustment in your mental thinking about the game. You have to make that adjustment, not the coaches. You have to make it. And if everybody is making that adjustment as a team, uh, it'll change the way, the outcome of these games and the way they're playing. I think when they uh, get Keon Brooks back, it could make a, a big difference. Uh, I think he's a guy that, you know, even though he just has the one year under his belt, it, it seems clear from a lot of the interviews I've seen that the guys, uh, his teammates really look to him as a leader on this group, and he would be maybe somebody who out on the court could huddle the guys up at, at a time when they're going through a long scoring drought or something about uh, maybe get them to make better decisions. I would agree, and, and I'd hope that Mintz could do that too, and we saw – a couple flashes of that when he was trying to coach up some of his teammates. But still, I go back to this, Tom. They all have to make an adjustment in how they play the game because we're not in high school anymore. We're not in AAU. You have to make individually and collectively that adjustment to how uh, the coaches want you to play, how this team is going to play. It's a big step forward. uh, Unfortunately, there's quite a few of these guys that are new and have to make that adjustment. Some people make it smoothly. How about Teague? When Teague was a point guard on the championship team, he made Calipari nuts uh, through December, right? Something went on. The light went on in January, and boy, he became a key part of that team. But prior to that, you know, he was he was having some issues. You can go back through all of his point guards. It, it takes some time, uh, it seems like. It takes some, you know, a month, six weeks, whatever it is, um, to really – get acclimated and understand what Calipari wants. And in fairness to, to Devin, you know, uh, Teague had uh, Lamb, a second-year player, Jones, a second-year player, you know, around him, Darius Miller, a senior first guy off the bench, and Devin doesn't have any of, of that uh, surrounding him. Quick thought in the NBA, uh, fun that uh, we'll see John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins reunited. Boy, that's something, isn't it? That is, uh, uh, that is amazing. That's going to be fun to watch. And AD's about to get a big contract extension. So those guys are all rolling pretty good. And uh, you're, you're happy for them. John Wall, Cousins, both of and AD all have been good community people. They've given money and given time. Yes, they have. They all have good reputations that way. So it's great to see Tom. Yeah, for the uh, community of, of Houston, they're getting two uh, really good guys coming into uh, to that region. Thank you, Mike. Okay, buddy. See Mike Pratt joins us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We are halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. We will be right back with Coach D. Myers. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. From the Clark's Pub and Shop Studio, it is the second half of our Thursday edition of the Leach Report. And we go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Bring on Coach Steve Ortmeyer, former University of Kentucky assistant, longtime NFL coach and executive. We'll start a little bit with the NFL coach. And the Steelers won a rare Wednesday afternoon game yesterday with John Connor out. Benny Snell was the number one running back at 16 carries for 60 yards and a couple of important runs for the Steelers. And uh, I remember thinking when he was drafted, that was just a perfect fit, and it certainly seems to be the case. Yeah, I think Benny did a did a real admirable job yesterday, and uh, and he, he got him through that game. And uh, I think the Steelers played the game the way they had to, and uh, 
much the much the same way we're going to need to play this game this weekend. Yeah, with uh, yeah, a lot of similarities that have been talked about between Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez, who Kentucky gets back this week. And um, I was uh, on a uh, doing an interview with um, the South Carolina Network yesterday, and they were uh, talking about you know what what would Kentucky's script to win the game look like, and I said they would ideally want to lean heavily on, on Chris Rodriguez. Um, you know, Kentucky is its identity is uh, you know what they do best certainly is is a power running game, and they're better at that when they have Chris Rodriguez in the mix. I think that's right, and they, they've got the big blue wall, and uh, uh, you know, Stoops has Jagosinski in here now to uh, to consult with those guys, and he'll be, he'll be a great pair of eyes on the sideline during the during this game. He, I think he was last week, and. Uh, and 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 it, it it shapes up. This is the first time in three weeks that anything has shaped up in our favor, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this one because this is one we should take advantage of. Yeah, against those two high-powered offenses in Alabama and Florida, um, you know, e- even if your defense plays pretty well. Uh, your offense is going to have to be at least in somewhat of a track beat. I mean, at halftime, there was a, you know, Kentucky had a shot to hold Florida to seven in the first half, which was amazing. But eventually, you know, they're going to, you know, get somewhere, even at, on your best day, they're going to be somewhere in the, in the 20s uh, that you would have to score to win a game like that. And uh, Kentucky, when they're having to play from behind, is not uh, equipped at the moment to do that very well. Not, not equipped to do that, and 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 they weren't the, the last couple of weeks. They weren't equipped to, by nature of the number of players they had. They they just were at a, we were at a huge disadvantage. It was uh, it was a, a situation in which we we couldn't overcome. We probably weren't supposed to, but I, I'm not sure why we played those two games. But uh, uh, I guess it was for money, but uh, and, and and commitment, but. Uh, uh, we had no chance. Yeah, I think there was a certain element of of uh, pride from Kentucky that they, you know, if they had enough uh, bodies to show up, they were going to show up, and um, yeah. and they they did, and they they uh, you know they they fought the good fight each week to hang in as yeah. long as they could. Uh, but it yeah. also when with numbers down with the, all the that's gone on this season beyond just the COVID for this particular team, um, you know. Uh, when they hit some of that adversity, uh, it was, uh, I think, harder to fight through it than it was uh, has been in other times. Yeah, it was. We were, we were just extremely thin, and uh, we, we just couldn't overcome it. We just couldn't overcome it for the long haul. Uh, we're talking with Coach Steve Ortmeyer as the Cats get set to face South Carolina. Have you watched the Gamecocks much in recent weeks? I watched the, the whole game with Georgia. Uh and that's another reason I'm really looking forward to this one. I I don't think I, I think South Carolina's in the position we were in the last couple of weeks, and uh, and 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 I can't see any reason why if we just don't get a mindset that we're going to go win this game, why we won't go win this game. Uh, we're 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 a better team than they are. We uh, we have better individuals than they do. Uh, we ought to be able to put a running game together behind this big blue wall this week, and uh, and with Rodriguez, and, uh, and and I think we can take care of business. Yeah, with um, Kentucky's with their offensive line and with Rodriguez 
Uh, I look at what Georgia was able to do. They ran for, I think, 332 yards against South yeah. Carolina. And uh, if you're on the Kentucky offensive line, that should you, know, you see that number, you uh, your eyes should light up. Yeah, they really should. And uh, and like I say, uh, I, I coached with Jagosinski up at Green Bay, and I, I know that he will be a a very functional piece of eyes for for the 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 big blue wall guys this this weekend, and uh, they they should be able to take care of business in this one. More with Coach Ortmeyer when we come right back. It is the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. They have. Heated patio seating at both of their locations in Hamburg and in Palomar. So you can still dine at Wild Eggs. You can also um, pick up curbside, and they've partnered with DoorDash for delivery, too, at Wild Eggs of Lexington. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Steve Ormeyer joining us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You are, in addition to working with special teams, worked with uh, tight ends for Coach Brooks here at Kentucky. And Kentucky has a tight end that is playing quite well right now in Keaton Upshaw. Yeah, he is. And uh, they, they're finally getting him into the game, too, which is – or he's getting himself into the game, which is uh, which is a big plus for us because he can be a big target. He can be a big receiver. Uh, and and he's very helpful in the run game as as well. And getting getting Justin Rigg back this week uh, is a big part of what they like to do in in the run game. They've had a lot of success with their two tight end sets, and they could still do it in the last couple of weeks with uh, Ogenovic down in Alabama, and then Bates coming back last week. But they're not a, as good at it, and don't probably call it as often as they will with Rigg back out there. Yeah, that'll be a big plus. Also, getting Rig back will be a big plus because he not only is uh, he not only is a big factor in the run game, but uh, he's he's a target also. Uh, I'm sure uh, from your background with special teams, uh, you had a, a couple of moments where you're maybe throwing something at the screen last week. Uh, the punt return there right before halftime that was a, a killer, and they had uh, set it up. Where what Max typically does, Max Duffy's, uh, you know, roll off to his right and then kick it back across his body to his left, and so they had that set up, and so everybody goes that way, and um, then he actually mishit it, as Coach Stoops explained, a rare mistake in his two years here, and uh, they didn't have m- many people over there to defend against Tony. It was a big, big play. They they they've got to quit shooting themselves in the foot on special teams. They've got to they've got to take care of the little things they just they just have not taken care of the little things on special teams this entire season and it bites them every every single week and uh we we used to run that 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 play uh i don't know if you remember tom we we used to run that play that they ran last week with uh dickie lions so uh it was it was a good it was a good 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 change of pace I heard uh, a few fans say, "How you know? How come they the guys are running down the field to the left, and they they don't just see where the ball's going?" But on a punt team, you can't really do that, can you? Well, Duffy tells them in the huddle where he's going. And, exactly. Uh, so they, they and, don't have and, they don't they don't look at the ball. They they go with what the plan is. That, that's right. That's right. That's that's exactly right. And uh, and and what, once they once they got headed in the wrong direction, that returner for Florida was selling it and. Uh, and, and he made him think that he was he was going to field the ball. Um, 
And then the other one was the the fake punt that Florida executed well. And uh, Coach Stoops said, uh, whether it was after the game or on Monday, um, that he took responsibility for that one because he um, said 95% of the time they run what they call safe punt there. And uh, he he, uh, went with uh, something else, thinking they could maybe set up a return and get some decent field position. And uh, that that turned out to be a big play because Florida got their first touchdown two plays later. Yeah, it was a big play, and 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 like I say, that we've got to quit shooting ourselves in the foot. We 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 if we'll just take care of the little things, we can play a solid special teams game. But it's been a, it's been something all season long that has uh, has been a problem for us, and 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 it's just because we we really don't have anybody to take care of the little things. We're just not getting it coached. Uh, completely. Stoops can't do it. He's the, he's the head coach. He's he's trying to run the whole deal. It, it's not fair to throw it on him. What do you think they can do with their passing game moving forward? Obviously, they can't fix it by Saturday or even by a bowl game. But into next season, there will be uh, somebody different at, at quarterback, obviously, and that'll be determined. Yeah, over there'll time, be but... somebody different at quarterback, and it may be Bo because Bo Bo threw it very effectively in high school. He really did, and. Uh, and, and uh, I'm 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 kind of anxious to see him. I thought Terry would come along and be a better passer than he has been this season, uh, simply because he's an accurate guy. But uh, we we don't take shots down the field. I think because Tom, we I don't think we have any receivers. I don't think that we have. We we just don't have anybody like that. Was, that, or, that was going to be my next question: Is it receivers not being able to get separation and get open? Yeah, I think that's it, and uh, and and unfortunately, that's been that's that's hindered us uh, uh, for the last at least two years, or more like three. But uh, I think that 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 if they'll get their mindset right this Saturday, uh, we have a chance to take advantage of a struggling defense, and uh, and and maybe we can get our passing game going too. Coach, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the game this week. We'll talk to you next Thursday. You bet. You too. That's uh, Coach Steve Ortmeyer. He'll uh, join us once uh, more next week to kind of recap the season, look look ahead a little bit, get, maybe get into even a little more NFL by that point. But right now, we're going to get to our final break. And when we come back, Josh Kendall will join us from The Athletic, where he covers South Carolina football. Final segment of our Thursday show here on the Leach Report. And we are joined by Josh Kendall of The Athletic on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. He covers South Carolina football and basketball there. And, uh, Josh, let's start with uh, just the personnel situation. It's, I guess, got to be the, the question for every team now, especially in these times. What's it looking like at this point for the Gamecocks? Well, they're thin. You know, they have... They have done okay COVID-wise, although they've got at least one player and uh, out number two running back Deshaun Fenwick out this week with the COVID situation. But more importantly, they've just had a ton of injuries, especially on the defensive side. They played 20 people down against Georgia. They might have a couple of those back this week. Shy Smith, notably the senior wide receiver, who is basically their passing game, along with tight end Nick Muse every now and then is expected to be back from a concussion he suffered two weeks ago. That will help the offense tremendously. 
but defensively they're going to be very thin. You know, they're they're below sixty. I would imagine they'll certainly they certainly won't have sixty scholarship players available when they get to Lexington. Freshman uh, quarterback now in Luke Doty, right? Yeah, four four star recruit, a guy that a lot of fans obviously are excited about because they're obviously excited about the next quarterback. Um, was was gonna red was gonna uh, red shirt nobody red shirts anymore I guess especially this year but but was backing up Colin Hill a grad transfer for most of the season once South Carolina season got to the point where they had to do something else anything else they threw the freshman in he provided a little spark he's athletic he can run he still doesn't you know doesn't have full command of the offense not his fault in any way but he you know he gives them a little spark gives them a little something they can start building for the future whatever the future is for this team. Kentucky obviously runs the ball well. Georgia ran for a bunch of yards last week. Um, is that more of a factor of the personnel situation on the defensive side, or has the the run game been a struggle all year? It's been a struggle all year. They this defensive line, which should have been this team's one of this team's strengths. I mean, they've got a two five stars up there, several four stars. This was supposed to be the group that kind of anchored the defense, and they have not played the one run well all year. It's been a huge problem for this team. And as their injuries get worse, you know, but probably down three starting defensive linemen this week due, due to injury, you know, that just gets worse and worse. They they were kind of helpless against against Georgia's run game. I, I would think Kentucky would be licking their chops when they watch the tape. I mean, this is this is going to be a difficult game for South Carolina to win, um, and every game, frankly, is difficult to win when you just can't stop the run. Talking with Josh Kendall from the Athletic about South Carolina football. Uh... Gamecocks can run it well, though, with Kevin Harris, right? Kevin Harris has done a nice job. Kevin Harris could become, you know, I think the kind of the silver lining that Gamecock fans will go into Saturday night with is Kevin Harris is 72 yards shy of 1,000. He would be the first South Carolina back since 2013 to reach 1,000. Only the ninth player in South Carolina history to hit 1,000 yards in a season to do that in a 10-game SEC-only season. It's quite impressive, especially when he was not a guy. You know, Marshawn Lloyd, another hot shot recruit, was supposed to be the guy this year. Tore his ACL in the second practice of the of the preseason, and Kevin Harris. You know, people worried. Oh well, we've got to go back to Kevin Harris now, and it hasn't been much of a drop off at all. He's been really good, physical runner. You know, a cold physical game will suit him well. We could be uh, we could be in and out of there Saturday night quickly if things go right. A lot of yeah. run game. Yeah, they. Uh, they this is uh, going to be a, a game where it'll feel like it's a running clock at times. I think because both teams run it uh, well, and if they lean on that run game, it could be. Uh, you know, sometimes these games these days go four hours. This one could be well under three. That's right. We can get, get in that. It's going to be going to be cold. Everybody yes. going to get warm sooner. There you go. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the coaching search for Will Muschamp's successor. And most of what I've, I've read in coverage of this has focused on uh, former South Carolina assistant Shane Beamer, Frank Beamer's son. Do you think he's the guy? Well, I think he's the guy with the most momentum right now. Louisiana's Billy Napier, who's a guy who's been on a lot of radars, done a really good job with that team this year, is still in the mix, um, still expected to get a get a face-to-face interview. He has talked to them. His situation was complicated by, A, the fact that they play Friday, but he's been quarantined for the last more than a week because he tested positive for COVID. So that has complicated the coaching search, just like it's complicated everything else in the world in 2020. But he certainly still has a chance. It is not a done deal with Shane Beamer yet. Uh, yeah, Neil Brown, I think former guy with Kentucky Connections, took his name 
out of the running? How was he very seriously in the mix? Um, I, anyway, was I, I don't know that he was ever a serious candidate. Sometimes these names get floated by agents. Yeah, you know, I think that you know Scott Satterfield certainly was was a guy who has talked to South Carolina people, and I think he was interested, might still be interested. Um, but you you just never know, you know, when it comes down to brass tacks, who's who's in it to be in it and who's in it. Just so they can feel a little more love from their current place, but Neil yeah. Brown has said, you know, pretty pretty definitively, he is not a candidate. Uh, Kentucky's first SEC basketball opponent is the Gamecocks, uh, who are off to a one in one start. How are they looking on the basketball side? Well, you know, Frank Martin likes this team. Frank Martin was in the preseason was saying, you know, he was he was a little not upset but frustrated that this team, which got a lot of its con- contributors coming back was not getting more attention, and then they roll out and lose the season opener at home to Liberty. Liberty's not a bad team. Liberty's a pretty good team. But, you know, this is this comes a week after Frank says, we can't we can't stub our toe at home anymore. This is kind of traditionally what they do. They have one of these bad losses, so everybody forgets about the Gamecocks. And despite the fact that they do always seem to improve throughout the SEC season, they kind of get written off early because of losses like this. They came into the season saying we can't have another one, and right out of the gate they had another one. So that's frustrating. But this is a team with A.J. Lawson, who's a good player. Jermaine Kuznard is, is I think, runs the point like Frank Martin likes his guy to run the point. So they're not a bad basketball team at all. Um, I think Kentucky gets them at the right time. I, I, you know, History would suggest you always want to play this team early rather than late because they do get better. Josh, I appreciate your time very much. Thank you, guys. It's Josh Kendall from uh, The Athletic, covers South Carolina uh, football and basketball. Rave On, a new app the, where you can uh, join U.K. fans and commenting on bad calls and great plays, presents our The Stay in Wildcat history. Stay in 2011, Anthony Davis blocked John Henson's shot to preserve a one-point win for the Cats against North Carolina. Shannon, play that clip just real quick. If we have a chance for a second shot. If you're North Carolina, so that's at about the five-second mark. Marshall inside Zeller. Zeller lost the handle. Henson has it. He's blocked by Davis. That was the final play. Anthony Davis blocked the shot of the thing that stands out. Listen to the crowd noise. And it's going to be nice to hear that again at some point. Doesn't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But uh, just uh, when I saw that clip for, for this day in U.K. history, that uh, the noise of the crowd was uh, spectacular. See you tomorrow on the Leach Report.